Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, spectacular human being. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you're doing amazing. It is such a privilege and an honor to be with you. I hope that you're doing well. Sending you a huge energetic hug through the airwaves. We have another amazing guest for you today, another amazing episode. We have Siobhan Morin and we are talking about how to create health and wealth naturally. So this is an awesome episode. We cover a lot. Uh, We dive deep and we talk about um, Siobhan's story of being a young entrepreneur, going from chaos to clarity, uh, why she created her own webinar model and became more successful. Um, What is the price of ignoring your calling? It's an interesting question, powerful one. Um, What is prosperity consciousness? Uh, Defining what prosperity is for you. Uh, Why all the masters were wealthy. Um, That one, I I never heard that one before, so we talked a little bit about that one after. Um, How to increase your uh, prosperous, energetic growing. Um, what's the thing that's happening and what do you really want? Uh, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Uh, how to deal with tragedy, uh, getting comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So this is just a a bit, there's way too many for me to read them all off. Um, but that's a sample about what we're going to dive into here. So it's action packed. Um, if you like this podcast, you like it and you want to share it. Um, you can you can share it. You can leave a review in iTunes. Um, and the best thing that you can do, though, is do one kind act today. Pay it forward. Uh, get somebody's name. Pick up a piece of trash. Go to your way to do it. Even better, take the kindness challenge, which is three kind acts a day for a week. Uh, go out of your way to do them. And just uh, let me know on, on Instagram or on uh, Facebook. And just let me know you took the challenge. You can find me, Matt Belair. It's pretty easy. And uh, the more of those I see, the more I realize the podcast is getting out there. So challenge your friends to do that. It's the best thing that you can do. Um, If you want to support me on Patreon, that's really great too. Go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. It really does help. Just a a few people chipping a buck in the bucket goes a long way. So thank you so much to all my patrons. Um, For those of you guys who want some coaching, uh, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. You're going to get all the information there. I'm happy to help you out as well as sign up for the email list and you can get a free lucid dreaming, a guide to lucid dreaming and an audio if you go forward slash lucid dreaming. Um, check out Zen Athlete if you haven't yet. And I think that's about everything other than uh, check out David Lonebear Cinepass, uh, lonebearsarts.com. We're going to be traveling to Toronto to go to the Parliament of World Religions. Um, and he is an uh, amazing mentor of mine. Um, just absolutely outstanding and mind-blowing information. I'm going to keep going down that rabbit hole for as long as I see fit. Um, And uh, just the information he's bringing forth is truly spectacular. Um, He could definitely use support for travel and bringing some of the technologies uh, that he's, he, 
can build. And so we're working on some exciting stuff and I can't wait until at least one of them is out there and we can start showing you guys uh, what we can do with a little bit of resources. So we're working on it. So if you want to help, uh, just go to lonebearsarts.com or hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com and uh, we'll sort it out. So before we get into this, let's just come into a, a powerful state of peace, gratitude and abundance because it's an abundance podcast. So wherever you are in the world, just taking a deep breath in through your nose setting the first intention to come into total peace and awareness and contentment holding that breath in and just letting out slowly with all the limiting beliefs all the stresses of the day all the anxieties taking in one more deep breath in through your nose holding that breath and just thinking about gratitude and abundance think about all the things that you're grateful for and all the ability you have to create abundance just to allow abundance in and just notice the abundance of the trees and birds and life and just realizing you're in an abundant universe let that breath out slowly with all the limitations all the self-criticisms and all the self-doubts taking one more deep breath in through your nose holding that breath and just doubling the feeling of gratitude and prosperity and just make the firm declaration within yourself to come to peace and presence and to adopt a prosperity consciousness to know that you can create prosperity and abundance in your life through what you are passionate about just let that breath out slowly with all the limitations and all the self-doubts all right so i think we're ready to get into this incredible episode with siobhan morin Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the author of several books, Master Energy Coach, and the creator of Energetic Solutions, Inc. Her success system is devoted to teaching the world entrepreneurs and leaders deep universal energetic principles with practical step-by-step how-tos to live prosperously and joyfully. Through her conscious conversations with CEOs, energetic solution boot camps, private mentoring and coaching, she shares with you how to transcend lower level energies and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show, Siobhan Morin. Thanks, Matt. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I had, a, I had the opportunity to check out your work. It looks like you've been you know, rubbing shoulders with the leaders in the field and, and doing this for quite some time. Um, obviously, you're good at what you do. Do you want to give us a little bit of a background just to get us up to speed with who you are, how you got to where you are today, and some of the things that you teach? Okay, so uh, I'm going to preface this that I just spent four days serving a large tribe, so I'm still in the waning energy of like coming off of that and making sure everybody served. So, uh, Wait, sorry, can you say that? You, you what? Surfing? I, I, I did, served. So, um, yeah, I surfed in Huntington Beach, the, the airwaves of, you know, a couple, you know, a hundred or so people, a live stream and in the room to help them get to their next level. Oh, and awesome. so that just ended like Monday. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're still in debrief. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I'm very in the moment, but I'm super present. Uh, so the past is the past. So how did I get here? Um, let's see. A long, long journey from when I was three, I was kind of told that what I saw, don't ever tell anybody or talk to anybody about it. And uh, kept that to myself and really observed humanity, basically, trying to figure out what humans were doing. And uh, then I got into, in high school, because I was 
like I was done at 10th grade and they didn't know what to do with me in this little tiny town. So they put me in a school for computer programming and it was good. It was perfect. Um, and on, in that space there, it actually created my first business at 11. I wanted something my parents refused to buy me and some sweater shirt or something. And uh, my dad said, well, you can, my, both my parents, they said, you can have it if you can figure out how to get the money for it. And I was like, and I didn't get an allowance like most people. So I could take the change off my dad's desk, you know, for extra cash, but that was like change. And it wasn't like $58, <laughs> which was a lot. So I went and uh, mowed lawns and I grew up in a very small town with very big lawns. So, you know, I had a lot of lawns. And so I started with one and I was like, oh, I can actually make my own income. So I was really motivated to do that and really just have the money that I wanted to spend the way I wanted to spend it. So that was kind of the journey, my first entrepreneurial venture, if you will say, but um, and it really taught me how to, you know, go and get what you want, even though basically I'm extreme, you know, at the time I was extreme, extreme introvert. <laughs> and so go to computer programming, loved it, go to school. I, I, I was super easy, go to college. And then all of a sudden I actually closed everything down. I, you know, sat in a way I'll, I'll show you later, but I sat in a way that shut everything down. And I kind of, what I say is I got stupid. And <laughs> um, it wasn't as easy, uh, but what became apparent is, you know, little things like my dorm room, not my dorm room, but my uh, housemates, uh, we had guys above in their own locked area and the girls down below in our own little apartment area. And they'd be like, Hey, listen, we need new boyfriends and girlfriends. And can you do your thing? And, you know? Well, my thing turns out later, I find out it's called feng shui. <laughs> so I'm doing these things and people are asking me to help them along the journey. And then I knew, I grew up in the East Coast, I knew I always wanted to live in California. So I made it here and got enmeshed with one company that was the first entrepreneurial company. And I was like one of 12 when I started. And they had a big vision of uh, really helping people who use computers to, you know, not have body problems, you know, body mechanics, good body mechanics and good posture, et cetera. And wrote a lot of white papers, et cetera. And so I could actually take all of the ideas I had from marketing and the say from marketing college and sales and the computer programming and combine them together. And so I kind of got hooked on entrepreneurship. So that's the early part of how I ended up here. Um, and we could just keep going on, but I think that's a good, a good place of, okay, well, that's the foundation of what got me to understand that entrepreneurs really do have the ability to create their own reality. And I like that. And I now do that for others. So. All right. Sounds good. It sounds like you were, you were kind of like born and made into it and also like kind of like, hey, if you want this, you can go figure it out. And then you went and figured it out. And then that kind of just kept going and kept going. Um, and what I, you know, what I'm curious about, because we can dive into a lot of things. So I'll just kind of throw a bunch of stuff at you and you can decide yeah. where you want to go. Um, yeah. But you do speaking as well. And, and some of the topics you talk about are chaos to clarity, which is great because a lot of people 
they just, you know, they don't know what to pick or they, they don't even have that first thought of like, I can start creating my reality, which is essentially what business and entrepreneurship is. You're kind of like deciding what you want to do and moving forward. Um, profits from the inside out. That's great because everything starts within. Um, and then I'm curious as a side note where you're talking about these things that you weren't supposed to tell anybody about if you want to elaborate on that. And then there's a lot of other ones, but that we'll just talk about stress in two minutes or less because a lot of people are stressed out and brain boost for productivity. So there's a lot there. Yeah. You talk about a lot. What do you think would be most useful to dive into or what would you want to explore? Because I'm sure you do a lot of speaking. Mm, I think there are two. So, but I'm going to start with the chaos to clarity. Um, I think what occurred for me was um, I grew up with a, a family who they gave me a lot of permission to do what I needed to do. Um, and whether I liked it or didn't like it, you know, I was the oldest, so I had a lot of constrictions put on me, like I'd be back at home at 10 and, you know, all these things, but I always found a way around them. And uh, when we want to create something, we start in the modality of, oh, I could do that, and I could do that, and I could do that, and I could do that. And we go, and then we look at what everybody's doing, and like, oh, this, no, that. And um, one of the things my dad told me when I was in college is he came and sat me down some breakfast we were having and he said, um, I want to make sure that I communicate this to you and I share this with you that I want you to make sure you do everything and anything that makes you happy and I will support it. And I realize now that most parents don't do that for their kids. And um, but at the time, I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And he said, I kind of I kind of messed up in my life. I mean, I have a good life. You know, we do well. And um, But I really could have taken another direction. He really wanted to be a um, professional golfer. He was really kind of one of those innate good golfers with one little hiccup. He used to get mad. And he would put golf clubs around trees. That's a little problem. But <laughs> um, I wrote a book so, for that for kids. <laughs> It's out there. It's not taught, right? That's, yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was really innate at it. But what he said to me was, just make sure that whatever you do, you're happy with it and you're happy doing it. And um, I don't know if he said or didn't say it would be easier or wouldn't be easy. He would just like, make sure you stay in that place of whatever is happy for you. And I may not like it, but I'll support it. I was like, okay, that sounds good. And so I think that was a really big help along with the computer programming because you learn to sort through things super fast. And when you learn to sort through life and challenges and chances and opportunities, uh, it makes things easy for some and not easy for others. And the challenge with most people is they don't know how to sort. And they don't know how to sort for things that are really for them because they don't know enough about themselves, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what stops them, what doesn't stop them, etc. And uh, so then they'll go off and we just finished our event and one of the, one of the lessons was um, addicted to other people's fast lane, right? A lot of people are addicted to other people's fast lanes. And when you 
connect with alignment and soul, you actually, it takes a while, uh, particularly if you've been addicted to other people's fast lanes, because that's going to be a lot of chaos that you're going to have to sort through. And when we look at the internet, we have a lot of access to other people's fast lanes. And because I come from super practical background and now I'm really in the kind of woo biz, you know, woo world that helps people in business who are conscious make money and be successful. Um, I have those two that come together uh, and I've been doing it a long time. So I'm a little ahead of the curve on than most. And the fascinating thing is if you're addicted to somebody else's fast lane, they've taught their stuff from their way. And because I have the business and the spirituality and the computer, you know, all of these different elements that have come together and helped uh, companies get big and sold. That was my niche for quite some time uh, is that I have the ability to sort super fast and teach people how to get to their own fast lane. And unless people know how to get to their own fast lane, they're speaking somebody else's language, they're using a template that just isn't meant for them. I'll give you a great example. Um, I kind of like wanted to learn to do webinars. And uh, I got and I, I got some models and you know studied with a couple of folks and I was like these are all models for boys and these are all models for boys who do marketing. Those aren't the I call us woolas, you know that we like the woo woo, but we like the moolah woola. Anyway, that's the brand. <laughs> and so um, uh, the fascinating thing is the webinar models and templates that were made in their way weren't working. And when I broke it up into a much more cohesive formulaic way that was really going to get somebody into alignment rather than just shove stuff down somebody's throat, then things really turned on and that really became alignment for how to communicate the message. And so it's really tricky that we could, you know, what works for one, and works for a marketing model is not going to necessarily work for a business building model. So it's kind of fascinating how to put those together and sort through those. So we have to get out of the chaos and really get into clarity. And yet we do that through um, everybody's kind of into, uh, you know, the detox and, you know, and all of these things of let go and etc but at the end of the day if you let go of everything how do you know what you like so, it, it, so it's really getting into one thing that you got to stop doing just start with one step that you got to stop doing so that what can happen is you can start un unwinding that chaoticness so okay so with the one step you mean like one thing that you're not good at and stop doing like how do we can you give some yeah. tools was that the tool like more tools for how to get out of that chaos like in your own and it could be even related to like the uh overstimulation of information right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you could take the example of maybe somebody's a single mom or they're a double income family with a kid coming in or it's just a regular joe who's like super savvy to be an entrepreneur and, and like what steps kind of would you would you take them through to figure out okay you're starting from zero Mm -hmm. How to get a little bit clear on where you'd like to go and start to create your own life. Mm -hmm. How to sort through the baloney, some tips for that. 
and then we'll just leave it at that. I think that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that happens is we don't know whose truth we're telling. Are we telling somebody else's truth? So we actually have to learn our own truth and not back down from our own truth. Because generally we're actually taught from the teacher's truth or our parents' truth. We're actually not really given the ability to find our own truth. So we first want to identify what is our own truth and not back down from it. So generally we're taught to back down. Oh, just capitulate or you end up in an argument or just walk away. And, you know, there's something to that, but at the end of the day, it is really about not backing down in an elegant, beautiful way that's going to help somebody achieve their own goal. So what true, what non-truth are you telling? Um, like a mom with kids uh, is, well, I have to be here for this and this and this and this and this, and I have to do all the laundry and I have to do all of these things, etc. And when I was growing up, my mother did all that stuff. And I actually went to college and everything was pink or blue because I had no idea how to do laundry. So <laughs> she should have taught me how to do laundry. And <laughs> then I had to learn the hard way and I ruined a ton of things. But moms today are busier and they're more in alignment and they want to do their own thing. And that's important. And they need to learn to accept what is true for them and to enroll their kids into that truth, right? What helps the kids become more empowered as opposed to less empowered. So that's one. Uh, and, and another step would be, what is it that you are ignoring as far, what, what paying or, you know, what does ignoring the call cost you? What is the price? of that because if you don't know what those things are then there it's pretty difficult to take a step into what it is that you want next because yeah social media you know can tell us all kinds of things but it can also take us in a ton of different people's energies so we've got puppies and then we've got politics and then we've got kitties and then we've got a hilarious thing. And then our friend, you know, either got married or divorced or their kids or they're sick or they're asking for, you know, I mean, it's just like in one like few streams, you can go through highs and lows and highs and lows. You're all over emotionally and energetically. And who are you? Right. So you actually have to know your truth before you go into doing more of that. So that's one step. Those are practical and I dig it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just keep firing questions at you. So I'm curious if you can unpack a little more for finding your own truth because, um, you know, sometimes with limiting beliefs and fears, we adopt them from our parents. I just had this um, experience with a client friend of mine who was in Vancouver and, um, you know, wonderful person and, uh, you know, discovered that this fear that she had was from her mom about going over bridges. It wasn't even hers. And she recalls that time when that uh, her mom was afraid of going over bridges when she was a kid. And then, and then she's like, why don't you go over the bridge mom? And the mom was afraid. And now as an adult, she has it because we want to like assimilate and be like our parents and be near them and be on mom's team and be on dad's team. And we don't even register this stuff. So it's like unpacking, like your beliefs and values, are they even yours or are they your parents? You know what I mean? Did you do that to appease somebody or culturally? So I'm wondering or, if- Or, or interestingly, energetically. So I say everything starts energetically first. So we, we have the body that is inside of its own container and bubble. And then we've got the other bubble of energy. 
And maybe the mom or the dad or the parent, uh, the grandparents or the teachers or whatever, they didn't teach it or say it, but they thought it so strongly that it, it assimilated energetically and the person, the child or the person around them adopted it. So what your mind accepts, your body adopts. And it really has to, a lot to do with energy first before it becomes a word. So what environment are we sitting in that is either supportive or not supportive? What environment do we need to, do we need to walk away from or immerse ourselves in? Because nature doesn't, you go and sit in nature and the trees are just trees. And they're not saying, I got to grow. I got to grow really fast. They're just growing. And leaves are falling and doing their thing. And it's a cycle. So we've been taught the machine method of, I got to go from classroom to classroom to classroom to classroom. And we've got to do then geography and then math and then bookkeeping and then computers and then uh, and then science in each little room. And then every hour we change. That one model in and of itself, we're actually immersed in somebody else's model and module and energy of and next and next and next and next. And so for people who aren't so maybe precocious when they're kids, like maybe I guess I was, I didn't do it outwardly, inwardly I did it. But it was, I had certainty of like, yeah, whatever y'all say, you know, you're just really silly adults. I don't know what you're, you don't know what you're talking about. So I had that. Most kids adopt and adapt into the energy and yeah, and then they mold into it. So when we walk into somebody else's energy, we actually have been taught to identify that it is ours when hmm, maybe it's not necessarily ours. Maybe it's really somebody else's that had an argument in that room before we walked in. And we were feeling really good outside. And then we walked into this space and now we're feeling like, what is it? I feel like I want to have a fight with somebody. This is so bizarre. And it changes that radically instantly. So we have to actually learn uh, what is our what is our condition Maybe some say state, but that's kind of a cheat word. But our condition of energetics before we walk into something and something changes. Uh, does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. There's so much. You just opened up all kinds know, of words. Right? I have... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to summarize and chuck it back at you. So you said a lot of really great stuff there. Um, you know, the first thing that I going way back, what it reminded me of was like going from like a career and, a, and you're talking from class to class to class. And I thought about that as like assembly line consciousness. And really? I thought the, I thought the exact same thing you did going through school. And I was like, I thought I was like thinking like everybody else and everyone else is, else is like, nah, this is the way to go. And then you go to university. And I was like, wait, I was like, it's, something's fishy here. Like something doesn't <laughs> feel right. Um, you know? And so to kind of like, and then to, to add on to the energetics, there's energetics and then there's just like the biology of how we're made for us to be safe. We adapt to our environment. If we're mm -hmm. similar to the people we are around, it's safer, right? You mm -hmm. go into like an environment and you're very different. Maybe they're going to stone you to death. Maybe they're going to lynch you. Maybe they're going to do something crazy because you're different. And we live in a world where difference is not rewarded and difference is not safe. So then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we learn how to be safe in our environments. And so we just get right into there. We don't, everybody's wearing, you know, white shirts, you know, or a certain hat. 
or the pink shoes or the Reeboks or whatever. And that's why kids want to wear those things because they want to be like their friends because then they're different and that's not a safe space. So there's all kinds of stuff um, going in on that. And so when you kind of, um, I can't remember what you said before, but it made me think of Tim Shields coming on and, and going from career to calling, having that like, oh yeah, when you're talking about that feeling inside, what's the cost? What's the cost of not doing? That's like the calling. And this is like, hey, <laughs> this is like little, little kid. And there's like, the yeah. And the cost <laughs> is usually health. You have to get to a very, very toxic, very difficult point. It's usually a money, a health break, a money break, a relationship break, or a break with our spirituality. And um, so the cost is generally one of those every single time. But we actually have been taught to go high highs and low lows as opposed to, okay, let me work toward that. Let me move toward that. Let me start choosing that. And we've been taught to go from room to close the door and then room to close the door. And it's like, no, no, no. It's really a whole, it's a whole being. And the school, you walk into the school, but most people get stuck in the walk to room to room to room. And I got to shut one before I go to the other. That's dangerous. That's actually one of the most dangerous soul sucking things that we get trapped into. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, it also like, as you get moved through the system, it's, it's, you know, Alan Watts uh, has a really great talk and the guys from South Park animated it. And it's about like chasing, it's always about the next step. It's like, oh, you're in pre-kindergarten, then you're in kindergarten, then you're in middle school, then you're in high school. And this great thing is coming. This great thing is coming. And then you go to university and this great thing is still coming. And then you get the job and then it's the raise. And then it's the thing And this great thing is coming and to have this little, little anim- crappy animation as they do with this this carrot at the stick and you finally get that bag of stuff at like 40 or 50 and you realize, Oh no, like I missed the whole thing. Like I missed the yeah. whole, the whole thing was supposed to be a dance. It was a musical. You're supposed to play along. You're supposed to get involved, you know, like Shakespeare, all the world's uh, all the world's a stage. And um, you know, it's funny because I, do it within myself but like nobody really cares about you and what you're doing you know everybody's so wrapped up in their own world so you could literally like wear the most ridiculous stuff dance around whatever they'll think about it in that moment but they really don't care about you they got their own stresses so however you want to like go forth and like be yourself in this world and create what you want that's like you know we are afraid of the environment we are afraid of being different because it's not safe um and so i wanted to throw back um you can add on to any of that but i'm curious you you go a lot into prosperity and also energy uh, inside out. Do you want to speak on um, how some elements to be more prosperous in general, if you have like some general tips Mm. to prosperity, because prosperity is nice, makes things easier. And um, just your thought on like energetics and how to tune into that with ourselves and, and improve our understanding and application of our own energy. Yeah. So I think what tends to happen today is we're so addicted to our potential that we actually don't know how to get our potential. And we, then we don't marry that with money and it's one or the other. And, um, one of the things that's super important is the greatest masters on the planet that have, you can read about in any history book, any spiritual text, etc. All of them had massive amounts of prosperity. Did they accumulate it in banks or in billions? Yeah, in their own way. Every one of them had massive prosperity. You have to. You have to have the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, financial. And so generally we get caught in the one 
and not the whole. And so what often happens, uh, clients will come to me and they'll be, you know, maybe I've got a new client and he's, he wants to um, bring relationship into his world and he's dragging a whole ton of stuff with him and his business is super successful and a bunch of other things are great in his life. But so he's left these two big holes and we often leave giant gaping holes at a price. And the price then actually started to be that it was now affecting his health. And it was really just in a little insidious way that he didn't notice until we started working together that it had been going on a while. So if we don't incorporate the conversation about prosperity, we don't incorporate what is prosperity for you. I had this when I first left corporate and building companies and helping them get big and sold. I found out this energy thing. I, I started teaching this energy stuff and I'll tell you that story in a second. But um, and I found out everybody had all of this weird stuff in their head around money. And I was like, no, 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 no. We build businesses. We give back, we give back to the planet. We make sure we have good prosperity in our world and know how money works. And most people didn't. And I thought, oh, fascinating. I didn't understand that most people don't have that conversation. And so when I boiled it down, there was a class I taught. I think I called it prosperity consciousness at the time. And uh, her definition of prosperity was going on five-star vacations, having it all paid for, eating really amazing food, and never having to think about any of all, how all of that went together. And everybody in the class was like, that's really weird. That's impossible. I don't think so. I was like, no, 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 there's totally something in this for you. And within two months, she ended up getting a job as a nanny for people who travel who are wealthy to take care of their kids on yachts and five-star vacations. And she didn't have to put any of it together. All she had to do was care for the kids. And so that was her definition of prosperity that got expanded into and she's still living that which is very aligned for her somebody else's prosperity is fame somebody else's prosperity is um you know let's see it could be a lot of likes and so on and so forth but it doesn't have sort of a monetary thing you can't pay your bills then you're being a blight on society that's what the ancient teachings are is you have to be able to make sure that you're in the highest contribution that your soul has here for you to do and we get lost in that it's the either or syndrome so prosperity is critical got it well i definitely like the idea of defining what prosperity is you know and, and looking at like the law of attraction and and all of those stories and all of those teachers when you get really clear in what it is that you actually want um, you know, one of the, one person, I remember a story where they wanted to travel the world and, and all this kind of stuff. And they, you know, they wanted to save up all this money and it was really hard and they wanted to stay at these nice spots. Well, what ended up happening with them is they were a photographer. And so they went to a spot and they wanted to travel the world so they could take photos of, of all these beautiful places, but they ended up, um, getting very, very clear, defining it, putting energy into it, uh, thinking about it, visualizing it, writing it down, doing all those good things. And then what ended up happening is they go to their first spa space and they took photos and they took photos of this resort. But then what happened after that is other resorts and other retreats and other things um, came up and they were able to basically travel around to these different spots to take photos for these um, experiences and these events and these things. So 
You know, I think that that plays into this higher level of intelligence and this um, thing that's orchestrating, you know, this energy that we can connect to, um, but we got to get really, really clear on um, what it is that we actually want um, and defining prosperity and abundance or success for us. So I think that's really good. But I'm curious because you said none of the masters had any wealth. What about like Gandhi? No, no. I said every one of them had wealth. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But Buddha yeah, yeah. gave Buddha gave up all his money. Gandhi but wasn't he wealthy, was he? But he didn't. None of them. None of them gave up wealth. Jesus wasn't wealthy, was he? Absolutely. He was. I Absolutely. don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So they all had wealth. They all had access to the greatest wealth. They all had gold. And like I just was um, earlier this year, I went to Gandhi's settlement in uh, South Africa, and. Uh, he bought a huge chunk of land out uh, in this area called Durban and he was growing his own food and he had, he had hundreds of people working the land and providing for him, but he bought the land based upon, uh, you know, the lawyerly lawyering that he was doing and he had lots of people give him money. So, it just it and it's continuing you know i mean the right now the land is so overrun with people from the apartheid that uh, many of the people there on that property are poor and they've tried to claim it as their own but there's a compound that is still his and it's totally provided for um ongoing ongoing and ongoing mother Teresa, anytime she needed something she really just asked for it and millions of dollars would show up in order for her to do her mission you look at the dalai lama you know he has dharamsala and he has you know sixteen thousand monks just in italy how do you care for those if you don't have massive amounts of prosperity so you have to have prosperity really in your back pocket interesting all right. Well, yeah, I've heard because I know that you need money to create things. And, um, and I know that the people who are really high level masters, they dedicate to their work. So Mother Teresa is out there doing it every single day. So people are contributing in the same way, like Patreon, some people, you know, contribute um, to me on Patreon, but it comes from um, rich people. Somebody's telling me it comes from like rich Europe where they would have these artists and rich people would support the art. So they would keep it going, that kind of thing. And I think that's like a level of mastery. Like that person's actually a master. So people are supporting their work. So that would require you moving into a level of mastery and commitment to the service. And, you have to and understanding and accepting and adopting and allowing prosperity. So it's like you cannot attract and keep wealth in excess of your truest belief system about what it will what it, your body and brain and learning and energy will allow interesting so most people don't allow it because we're not taught to allow it interesting yeah definitely i agree with that so can you give us some tools for prosperity and then i wanted you to jump into energetics are they one and the same or are they different like how to yeah energy know, your belief is system, prosperity yeah because your belief systems if you believe whatever the case is that's your limit you know, if you believe 10,000 bucks a month is like you're rich as heck and that's the thing, or it's 5,000 or it's 2 million, it really is just up to you wherever you set that bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So generally what I've discovered over the about 20 years I've been doing this is people tend to want more income and they tend to get heavier, fatter in their body because they believe that their body container needs to get bigger in order to handle the bigger idea of money. It's kind of fascinating. 
so we give up attention and care, etc. And so the underlying unconscious weird wonky belief is our container needs to be bigger in order to handle more prosperity. Fascinating. Tried to prove it wrong, but you got to pay attention to it. And then okay, so if we're going to deal with the container here, the body container and the energy container, if we don't know how to expand the energy container. So if it's always here, you will always stay here. So you go into corporate and corporate, you max out at say, I don't know, 120 grand a year, whatever that is. Um, and it's just like, okay, that's it. And then you go out into the world and you have a little stub the toe, et cetera, and your container shrinks. So the energy container actually shrunk because the corporation changed, you know, you changed and you're out of the corporation. Now you're responsible for creating your own energetic prosperity. And so every time you have a little tiny trauma, your container gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you have to break free into something else. So if we learn how to expand and keep our energetic container growing and achieving and expanding, etc., as opposed to contracting every time we have a trauma or something that comes up, then we have the opportunity to have a more whole way of achieving higher levels of prosperity. So one of the ways Yep, yoga, that's nice. Yep, running, that's nice. Yep, breathing techniques, those are nice. Uh, but there are certain energetic technologies that are taught to enhance or decrease abundance. And it's really fascinating as you get into the mastery of them is um, there are certain mudras that actually teach people how to, they actually take away people's money. Fascinating. There are certain that help align it better, not bring it, but align it better. Uh, so we use all of these things kind of unknowingly and haphazardly, and we don't understand that they're actually having an energetic impact along with the conscious and unconscious beliefs and programs. So as we get more sophisticated in this space of the conversation of energetics, we're going to have to learn these other pieces. Right. Yep. Well, the way that my mind is, is thinking about it, you're, you're trying to draw the bridge the way that I understand it. Um, if I'm helping somebody create something, um, the belief systems are for me and what I've looked at, the number one thing. So whatever you believe about prosperity or whatever you believe about doing a double backflip on your snowboard or whatever you believe about being an entrepreneur or whatever you believe about um, your worth in the world, it's beliefs. And so if we take the idea of like the best snowboarder on the planet or the most successful business per person on the planet and you think about what their beliefs are, and then you can actually code that into your own body and mind through your own consciousness. I'm curious if you and your work have um, come to common um, limiting beliefs around money and prosperity that are common among people and then that um, more freeing and open receiver belief. So one belief would be like, I'm not good enough to be an entrepreneur. On the flip side is like, I'm more than good enough to be an entrepreneur. I have lots to provide and I am worth it. So, you know, like a Tony Robbins or uh, Bill Gates or uh, whoever versus somebody who's just defeated and won't even try. Have you, have you come to any of that? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you come up with something and you have a belief that says, I'm not good enough to be an entrepreneur, that's just an overarching concept. It's the underlying thing that's much more inherent. So we'll, we'll go back to energy for a second. 
if you go and hang out with only entrepreneurs and you don't have a whole lot of money, you will eventually have more because you're hanging out with a whole lot of entrepreneurs and you're in that energy. Forget even ever having a conversation. You're just hanging out in the energy. You can see this with people who work at the Ritz-Carlton. This is a perfect example. Um, they're more prosperous. They get better tips. They give better service. They have a really well-built container, etc. So they're around that abundance. So they're, they're entrepreneurs in their own little way. So if the energy is set in one particular way that you can't be an entrepreneur, say you grew up in a ghetto, but you still had to figure out how to get money, that's actually you have some instinct about how to be an entrepreneur. It's just building that level of um, template. So if the belief system says, I can't, and you're trying to enforce it with I can, the brain will be like, you're a freaking idiot. There's no way. And so it actually will break it and, it, and it won't actually bridge. It's really about finding the, hmm, what is it that works for me? I'll give you a great example of a client. He uh, is an attorney. <laughs> he came to me and he, his law practice was trashed, just trashed. And what we get down to was, you know, he was just like, I don't like money, la, la. I was like, no, 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 that's not it. And so what we finally get down to is he has a problem with the word, and it took a while to get to it, the problem with one tiny word in there, and it was W-O-R-K, work. <laughs> and not everybody, hardly anybody has the exact same trauma as he does, but he had such a big trauma with it that we created something else. So now he does his play on a boat in the water and he does his lawyerly mediation and stuff there and he crushes it so we had to build a bridge to the okay the word work is horrible it's horrific it is actually destructive and that is actually the antithesis so we have to you have to find out what's the one thing and it's a little tricky but if you're trying to uh, like his was work you're trying to say all right, I'm going to, I have this belief, I have this overarching idea, and you're trying to say the opposite, it's going to be at loggerheads, and you're not, and I call that the, the frictionless friction, and you end up in spinning chaos, being like, well, why doesn't this work for me? This stuff's supposed to work. So your homework, I give homework, <laughs> everybody, would be to say, all right, what's the thing that's happening, and what do you really, really want? Um, and this particular lawyer client was, I just really want to be able to mediate for people and be paid well. And you have to get to a very deep level of saying, all right, and being that radical truth teller for yourself. And we're not really taught to do that. So keep asking yourself a whole bunch of questions so that you can access what that is underlying inside of you. That's awesome. I love all that. Get to the meat and potatoes, like the realest real with yourself and be authentic. One yeah. of the things that you shared earlier that reminds me of um, just being in those environments is mirror neurons. You know, you could call mm -hmm. it energy, which I'm down with energy. I'm totally fine with that. And you can get right into science and biology if you want, and, you know, neuroscience and, and 
um, mirror neurons. And so when I wanted to get good at snowboard, that's why I go and train with the best in the world. I think the smartest thing that I've done in my life is surround myself with the people who are the best at what they do. So right. I wanted to see like Shaolin monks, they can break stone and brick and stuff. And they're like super powers. So I was like, these even humans, let's go check this stuff out. And then I realized they're punching trees their whole life. I said, Oh my God. And I, and, I was, and I was doing it, but like it opened up a whole nother level of like, Holy smokes. And it was dedication, you know, to like a simple idea and a simple training for an absurd amount of time, which made it superhuman. It's, it's, it's extraordinary. Very few people in the Western world would be um, willing to dedicate like that. Um, and so the other thing that you, you touched on, I'd like is perspective, um, because we can go about our days and we can go to work and we can trudge around, or we could be like, you know what, this is opportunity. This is play. And what, one thing that's been coming up a lot for me lately, um, with the people that I work in within myself is like, can you be content and fulfilled, um, and stoked wherever you are in the process? Because a lot of the process of being an entrepreneur and living is is being is challenging is it's you know it's a challenging situation and in buddhism one of the fundamentals is like life is suffering life is frustrating says alan watts and there's frustrating things but when you are a martial artist and you're doing a crazy run or you're punching the tree or you're doing it it's uncomfortable but over if you can get comfortable in the uncomfort and then bring in a perspective that's like really empowering like you enjoy this like uncomfort now you're really sitting in like a, a very unique um, and powerful perspective because like, uh, you know, I had to make my mom or help my mom move last week. And, um, you know, I didn't do the best job of it. You know, I said something that I shouldn't have said, like I made her feel bad because I was like, um, oh, like I had an opportunity. You know what I mean? I had an opportunity and I was like, hey, mom, you help, but I got to like kind of adjust this thing. And then, you know, she's so sweet. And like, you know, I, I knew when I said it, I messed up right away and I was like, damn it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, so I had to like apologize and figure that out. Um, but like going in to an environment, moving for my mind is not like comfortable, like holding like a, a desk over my head and stuff like that. It's an uncomfortable thing, but coming in with most powerful loving. So when I was there, I was like, you know, I was in it and I was having fun and helping, but it's uncomfortable. So it's getting uncomfortable in the uncomfortable spaces to do something that is meaningful. Does any of that resonate with you? Do you have anything to say to that? Yeah, I do. You said something key is, uh, yeah, we do have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. However, I don't think life is frustrating. I think how we respond to life is frustrating. Um, so if we're mad because traffic is in our way, it's because we didn't create or craft what we wanted. It's really, we are not giving ourselves the ability to spend the time or the energy or the intention to get to the result that we want. We always just want to be there. I should already be there. How come I'm not there? I should already be done by now. And it's like, well, one of the fascinating things is that if you compare yourself to your past, you're in your past. We've heard that. But if you compare yourself to, to where you think you should be, you will be sure to have some sort of accident, mishap, you know, more traffic, delays, blah, 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 whatever, because you're not allowing who you are and how you are in this moment to be the most awesome of you. So we're actually taught to respond in high emotion. You look at um, television. So... Uh, I'll, I'll back up and tell a story uh, that 
when I moved to California, I met the love of my life. And he was one of those guys who was just like, uh, don't sweat the small stuff, everything's small stuff. And that was before the book came out. So it was like, yep, that makes sense. Don't sweat the small stuff, everything's small stuff. Well, five years later, he died suddenly in a motorcycle accident. So my life idea was completely blank from, it was just like, oh, well, that was so not in my purview of what was possible. So don't sweat the small stuff, everything's small stuff. Say yes to everything, say exact yes to everything, and then figure out how. And when you have that much taken away from you pretty radically and instantly, the only thing at that moment that matters is one breath. And probably for the first seven days, my mantra, my headspace was, if I could just take one breath, I'll be okay. If I can just breathe one breath, I'll be okay. So if you get to that microcosm of who you are, then life isn't frustrating. It's how you respond to what life gives you and what, you, what is presented to you that actually becomes frustrating. So you actually frustrate the heck out of yourself, fascinatingly, by being ahead or behind and not here. And, you know, the Shaolin monks, I have uh, some very dear friends who are those. And, you know, they deal with the energy of how to move through into that thing. But they're so present, right? in whatever it is that they're doing, that that's the only thing that's going to happen. So it's, if we get ahead of ourselves or behind ourselves, we're in what I call poopyville or wonkyville, meaning, uh-oh, we are in trouble and we're going to create some dissonance that we definitely don't want to have happen. And then we're going to have to clean it up, which is chaos. <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's an absolutely awful story. And I can't imagine how hard that would have been. And, you know, I think that you explained exactly what I'm trying to explain in a totally different way. (laughs) Because when we expect like this thing, like life, like you're going to get in traffic, right? So you can be in traffic and you can hate everything, but that's your own suffering you're doing to yourself. Is like, there's, you know, ideally you want to get to work, you know, you want to go here, you know, I want to, you know, I want to have a six pack, right? And it's like, oh man, I want to do a hundred sit-ups. It's like, well, bro, you want a six pack? Like you got to jog and you can hate, you're like, I, I hate jogging. I hate my life. This sucks. You know, <laughs> I, you know, you could do it from a totally different perspective, you know? So it's like, getting uncomfortable, you know, and like the, the frustrating thing I think for Buddhism is looking like, you know, and also life is constant change. Right. And so as it changes, we can, we can like go at that change and say, I don't accept this change and I'm going to suffer now because it's changed. Right. And, um, you know, then you get like real, you know, what you went through, that's like the ultimate form of like, Oh my God, life has changed. Like this is real painful, you know? And then from that, um, you know, you have to go through that process. And I think that, I don't know, maybe you can speak on that if someone's ever lost a person, because um, that's some real stuff. Because I think that there's interesting um, thoughts in like the law of attraction field and the meditation field about like going through challenge and things like that and like um, like processing it all. You know, I don't think that you're, you're really supposed to like, you know, oh, I'm in this deep pain, so I'm going to meditate it away or I'm going to like positive think it away. It's like one breath, oh my God, I got to go through this and just get through. So maybe you could give some advice on that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it was really just 
one of the one of the fascinating things about that is it's really just the ability to take one breath that is going to get you to your next and yet we're so caught in the go and next go and next go and next and so when something slows everything down like that um it i didn't go into the why i was i was pretty clear that he did this this was a divine plan for my gift to be doing what i'm here and i was really clear in that moment as much as i was just like this sucks so not pleased about this like mm. <laughs> um it was it's really like all right what's going to present itself that is going to take you to your next place and how do you say no or how do you say yes and most people are taught we're taught way more no's than we're taught yeses and we're taught mm, like you were saying earlier safety oh no that's not safe don't go there you won't be safe if you do that or this is too much that's too far don't go too far right and so we're taught to be as safe as we possibly can when it's if we have an inherent safety within us and nature and animals teach us this and animals will be attracted to people who have more fear predators will be attracted to people who will have more fear i was i was in the bush earlier this year in africa truly people are attracted to people who have more fear i was just like all right i'm fine we're supposed to have a guide every time we walk back to our room I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm fine. <laughs> like, me, you guy, you have to have a guide with you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, you don't understand. I was like, oh, no, no, I actually totally understand. I can feel them. <laughs> so we have to get to the core of our own, what are we here doing next? What do we want? What do we really want? And if we are not willing to do it, then be okay with the results that we're getting and generally if we're not doing what we want to be doing <laughs> we're not usually okay with the results we're getting and we're blaming and shaming and doing all those other fascinating things that are just weird but when you have that kind of a loss it's like yep that is that's profound all right this is my gift what is what is my life going to be like so about a couple of years later after i'd been building uh, after I helped this one company get built and big, I got sick, I got misdiagnosed, I nearly died of blood poisoning. I made, remember laying there on the emergency room table going, okay, so I didn't get left here for no reason. And all right, I see, yep, I see where that went. Yep, I see that I was in what I called the walking coma of, yeah, of a lot of yeses and, and doing amazing things. But the choice had to be i'm either going to do what it takes to heal myself i'm going to do what it takes to live which is a choice because most people actually don't choose to live they choose little deaths every time you say no here's some fascinating statistic every time you say no your your arteries start to harden more every no you say they've proven that your arteries harden that's kind of fascinating every yes you say expands your life your lifespan by seven minutes Hmm. kind of weird like these little statistics and so I just kept saying yes and choosing to live and then I healed myself and got into what I'm here you know doing right now but it's really about I want to be you can't want to be somewhere other than where you're at or else that's when things are going to start breaking 
and you're going to try to rush the process and then you get into desperation and make wonky choices. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just processing all that. And I want to be <laughs> mindful of your time because it's 10 after two and I know you got some other things to do. Yeah. Um, my question on that one specifically, if you can answer it and let me know if you have time, but it's like, mm-hmm. can you get a refine that everything you say yes? Because if you go on the internet and say yes to everything, every training course, everything, you're going to go broke. instantly. Good. And if you go and, you ask and someone's asking you stupid stuff, I'm not going to say yes to that. Yeah. So here's something fascinating. Um, it's yes. And figure out how, so they're actual, uh, they're actual things that are supportive. Yeses and actual things that are detractive yeses. And the supportive yeses are, you feel it, you're just like, oh, I know that's exactly the right thing. And yet your personality is going, no, that's not safe, this is bad. Oh, don't do that, that's too expensive, blah, blah. And so that, but that's an aligned yes. And then the detractive one is, spend an hour on Facebook and just scroll and, you know, do liking and do a lot and get caught in drama or uh, like my mother used to watch what she called stories, you know, those, what do they call them? Soap operas. Um, I didn't understand it. I was like, why do you always watch that stuff? So uh, she wanted to understand what I found out later. She wanted to understand why people act the way they act. So that was kind of fascinating. But uh if you're looking to get into somebody else's stuff, you're going to go and scroll. And you're so caught up in the detractive yeses. Oh, I should go be a speaker. I should go learn all of this speaking thing. But your whole other business and your platform is over here. And you're like ready to abandon this and go do this. It's like, what? Wait a minute. Maybe bring a a little bit of it along, but don't abandon this big yes that's still here feeding you. So if we say yes, I had this one uh, one, uh, 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 energy teacher, and he was really fascinating. He just kept feeding us food. And I looked around, and I was like, listen, you guys, He's trying to get everybody to say no. And I was like, oh. And they're like, oh, no, he wants us to say no. I said, no, no, no. He's trying to get us to say no without ever saying no. I said, pay attention. Watch. Look. So start saying yes. Yes, thank you. Yes, I'm good. Yes, that's enough. Yes, we're here. Yes, let's take some to go. So those are all yeses. That's just a qualified, productive yes. See, the other way is detractive. So we have to be conscientious and we have to say, oh, no, in a yes way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. No, I get, I get the distinction. It's very fine because, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, if people don't quite get it on the head, they're going to be saying yes to some crazy stuff. And, and then like the movie Yes Man, which is excellent. Um, but yeah, I, I get, I get that distinction, which is fine and, and good. And say then, the, yeah. So here it goes like this. Say the yummy. Yes. Okay. There say we go. like the yummy. Yes. That is just like so aligned and the universe and energy and your entire template is set to support you to get the income, et cetera, and take action. Everything. That's the yes. But you have to watch the personality is going to try to talk you into no. <laughs> yeah. So the yummy. Yes. 
Okay, good. Yeah, I totally agree with that because we live in a world of like bombardment and a lot of people got to say no because all this crap is coming in. But our programming is we're saying no to the stuff that's in us and like this little kid and this feeling that we're supposed to ignore, suppress and beat down with like a -a whack-a-mole stick. That's the one. It's like, say yes to that one. You know, (laughs) say yes. And then- The yummy yes. Yeah, exactly. But the mind can't figure out how it's going to be safe. Don't worry about it. It's fine go ahead and start doing it. And you'll notice what's that expression, like jump first in the universe, like the safety net will appear, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and start to move that energy. Like you said, that momentum in the direction that feels good. And that's your alignment. That's, that's how you know, if it feels good and it's aligned, you go, mm-hmm. you get feedback and you're moving and you're just going to keep getting feedback and moving towards mm-hmm. uh, the thing that you want. So I totally agree. Yeah. So one of the, I, we'll expand on this and, and then I'll give, I'll give something to your readers that they, will help them take a little, assessment for themselves. I think that will help. <laughs> um, uh, listeners, I should say. Uh, one of the things that fast, that's fascinating is our every moment that we get smarter, our unconscious gets smarter as well. And so we actually get smarter at outsmarting our yummy yeses. So it's get more aware of what is going on in your highest inner truth so that it doesn't just all of a sudden just pass you by and you've passed by a yummy yes and you're like ah i was i know i was supposed to do a yes here and it's already gone so and it really does take it's muscle building so we've been taught to do weird yeses and lots of no's and it's really about learning the higher level of intuitive truth aligned truth and really hearing that Hearing that yummy yes. I like that. I'm going to use that for yummy yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally agree. And I like it too. Um, well, I, again, I want to be, I know you got some stuff. I want to be respectful you. of your time. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you did. Um, I, I totally agree with all your points of view. And, and, and really, that yummy yes is a really good close because um, I think somewhere along the lines, we're taught to. I think really early and then continuously and repetitively taught to just like close that door of of who you are and what you enjoy in your, that, that voice. So open it up, say yes. Um, But thanks for coming on. Is there anything that you wish I had asked you or anything you want to leave the listeners with before we go Um, and feel free to elaborate as long as you wish and then make sure you tell them you're like where they can contact you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, You know, when someone says, is there anything I wish I'd been asked? Uh, I actually can't think of anything. It's really is if there's anything you want to know, um, I've set up my life to be a, a platform so that you have access. So because when you deal with the woolas, you know, there are lots of different levels of teaching and wherever you're at, I want to help you on your journey. So that's really, that's the way I've designed this whole thing. Um, and one of the ways I created something to get the little unconscious that is getting smarter by the moment <laughs> to learn how to say better yeses is uh, go to Epic Lifer. Yeah, no. Uh, Epic Life Toolkit. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't done this for a little bit. EpicLifeToolkit.com. EpicLifeToolkit.com. And then it will give you a little seven questions. And it's actually going to help you see more about who you are and how to get to more aligned yeses. I think that's going to be your best tool for everyone. Um, otherwise, go to SiobhanMoran.com. S-H-E-E-V-A-U-N-M-O-R-A-N.com. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm curious. So I want to, I want to take a look. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and, and thank you for your work and sharing everything that you do and, you know, please stay in touch. Thanks, Matt.
I yeah. love the interview. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. See you in the next one. Peace. There it is, guys. That wraps up that episode with Siobhan Morin. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please share it with your friends. Talk about it. Um, you can leave a review in iTunes. That helps a ton. The best thing you can do is one kind act today and take the kindness challenge. Just let me know you're taking it. Tag me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, encourage a few friends to take it. And it's just doing three kind acts a day for a week. Um, seems like a pretty good thing. Um, but that way you um, are adopting what you're learning in this podcast. It's really just about improving ourselves and improving the lives of our community the people that were around so get someone's name who serves you at the coffee shop uh, pick up a piece of trash go out of your way to do it just be a good human being um, and remember that you are whole perfect enough incredible just as you are uh, having an incredible life experience and um, when you do kindness for others you do kindness for yourself so uh, yeah do that um, thank you so much to all my patrons uh, if you want to go to map or patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and toss a buck in the bucket like a busker or something that would be greatly appreciated and uh, I would definitely be uh, it would go to good use for travel for making more podcasts for going down rabbit holes and finding these guests it takes a long time and I definitely appreciate your support uh, for continuing the work um, thank you guys so much you you know leaving the reviews in iTunes and shares got to number one in uh, religion and spirituality um, I switched it to a health category because it's a little bit bigger um want to reach more people with just these ideas of just being a good human expanding your consciousness living a life of purpose and finding you the very best guests the leaders the experts the uh the leaders people don't even know about to share spiritual truths wisdom mastery consciousness um peak performance health all that kind of stuff and just and bring their information so that you can hear it and use it and apply it to your own life and improve your own consciousness your own uh life experience and um, help you just on your life path. So um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you. Um, and that's it. So let's just wrap this up by um, three deep breaths and coming to a powerful state of uh, peace and gratitude and abundance. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing and taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just come to a state of peace and presence now. Just let that breath out slowly with every anxiety, every all your to-do list. Just come to total peace and presence now. Taking in another deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just filling yourself up with gratitude and peace and prosperity. And just opening up your mind and your heart and your being to allowing abundance to flow through. To realize that you can create wealth and abundance through your passions and just let that breath out slowly with all the limitations all the self-criticisms and all the self-doubts taking in one more deep breath in through your nose holding that breath and just doubling the feeling of gratitude of peace of abundance just feeling abundance and peace and gratitude wash over every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being just make the firm commitment now to be loving and kind to yourself to follow your dreams and to know that you are connected to source to the universe to to the entire world that wants you to be successful for you to succeed just believe and know that the universe is on your side and it will support you when you take action so thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope that you have an amazing rest of your day and i will see you in the next episode okay bye